Welcome to Story Chats at Insby Romance. I'm Elizabeth Madry, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Narelle Atkins. I'm Valerie Comer. With Cooney. So. With Cooney. <laughs> <laughs> and Ter- Grace Erickson is joining us again today, and we're going to be talking about multi-author series. Is. Series is. Is it series? Series is plural for series like moose, right? And deer. Yeah, uh-huh. I, believe, I believe so. Okay. Well, I'm probably going to end up saying series is a couple times because <laughs> I'm dumb, apparently. <laughs> That's okay. So thank you, Tara, for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Always fun to come and chat with you guys. So multi-author series series, which are not to be confused with multi-author box sets. Um, We did an episode on multi-author box sets, so that's not what we're talking about. Um, But I think it's a good place to start. What are the differences between a multi-author series and a multi-author box set as far as you're concerned? Tara, you want to jump in first? Yeah, for sure. I think that the big distinguishing factor is that in a multi-author series, the books are standalone books in linked in some way. Mm-hmm. But typically, if you were to go look up them on your local or in your favorite online bookstore, they would each appear as a separate book in most cases. Uh, whereas a multi-author box set, you know, they would all come bundled as a set and they may or may not be related by character theme any anything at all really <laughs> they're just a bunch of books that authors decide to bundle up and sell as a as a package okay. cool. My Valerie you have anything to add subtract <laughs> that is that is generally very very true I have seen a few multi-author box sets where there's a bit more of um I hate to say an effort because I mean it's, it's just a different thing where there is more um, overlap. But generally, when you have an, a multi-author box set and everybody disbands at the end, those stories don't need each other. The author can just absorb them into their own catalog, and nobody will go, "Oh, but what about you know the other the other characters from the box set?" Whereas the series, I think, tend to have more stronger elements that hold them together which is weird because a box set is together and you'd think it it needed that but apparently not. Nouvelle? Well there's always exceptions to every rule isn't there? (laughs) (laughs) So there will be series that will get boxed and uh, connected but I probably I mean my first experience of reading multi-author series would be Harlequin and probably I think particularly the love inspired book so what I think of is a shared setting or a shared there's something that joins those books together whether it's a canine series or whatever and you know that in they're branded in a way that you know that they all belong together. And I used to always like the rapid release where they'd be like every month there'd be a new one that would come out. So I often think of multi-author series as having, um, you don't have a six-month gap usually between books. You don't get one every, you don't take six years to release six books, if that makes sense. They will all come out at a, a reasonable pace and will keep you interested and really develop that setting as a character often as well. 
And that's probably what I look for is something about it that connects it. And if it's a setting, it's really going back to that, getting that feeling of I really want to go back to that setting and meet with those characters and be in that place and get that feeling that I remembered that I enjoyed last time. Great, fair. Although I will say, I guess I struggle a little with the love inspired one because like I just read Tony Shiloh's most recent love inspired, which is an unlikely alliance I think it's it's an a word I think it's alliance um it's not alliance I don't know it's a it's in the canine I'm not sure <laughs> it's it's yeah. in one of the it's Deb Kastner kicked off the canine yeah something serious I'm I'm clearly prepared to have this conversation because I remember <laughs> it so well um but anyway but like I was talking Tony asked me you know would you like a copy of it one of my author copies I'm like yes um I'm like, but I haven't read any of the others. Do I need to? She's like, no, they're only related because they all have service dogs. And I'm like, oh, like they're not even like, they just all have service dogs. They're not, they're not in the same place. You don't see the other people. There's like no relationship other than their books about service dogs. So is that a multi-author series? Love Inspired says so, but I, Beth says no. So <laughs> Valerie says no. Okay. <laughs> and I say maybe. Okay. I say maybe. <laughs> one of the ones I one of the ones I, I brought with me is similar in that vein. So. All right. All right. So we can we can talk about that as we get closer. All right. Um, so with multi-author series, what do you love? What do you love about the multi-author series, Tara? I can't add anything to what Narelle said. I love the more interlinked the stories are, the more excited I get about visiting that place, seeing those side characters with the goofy traits or eating at that diner or whatever happens in across multiple, multiple authors stories. I that's, that's my favorite thing about um, the shared universe uh, among multi-author series. And, and yet those love inspired books qualify as a multi-author series for you i'm, I'm just you know, i mean just saying what i like about them doesn't mean <laughs> they, they wouldn't be my first choice that doesn't mean they're not the thing <laughs> all right that's fair um i'm with you it's it's the cafe or the diner or the bakery or the whatever place that the characters hang out and it's the the usually quirky person who owns it and serves them or whatever um just the fact that you kind of know what business is next door to what business and that they all know each other and hang out and, and um, show up in each other's, in the other books. So it's, it's the setting. You too, Narelle? Anything more? Yeah, it's, it's the setting or the characters. Because I was thinking, this is why I'm a maybe on this on the service dogs. It's kind <laughs> of like, would you say that a trope makes a multi-author series? So if you had a whole bunch of authors writing about wedding planners at completely different venues, for example, would that be a legitimate multi-author series? No, it'd be a so, great multi-author box set, but it's not yeah. a multi-author series. Yeah, so it's interesting. <laughs> it's 
it's like there's so many exceptions not in a box what if they sell them alone (laughs) yeah and split them up it's all very interesting yeah but it's it's definitely the setting and I will I'll be honest I'll get I'll be disappointed if I'm reading a very strong what I call strongly branded series so they all look like they belong together if you look at the covers and the book descriptions and they use the same setting but you just don't get those cross connections or there's sort of no anchor characters that are shared among the books I do find that sometimes slightly disappointing I like to sort of have that interconnectedness but I know that that's not always possible depending on the way that the the series is set up as well but I do like it when the authors write multiple books in a series and their own books are very connected so I really like that series within a series yes so I'm the yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Nope. Sorry. I was going to add one more thing, which is the other thing I love about multi-author series is that you get all of the things you love about a, a single author series, but you get more books faster because yeah. they're not yes. all coming from the same author. So that rapid release concept that Narelle yeah. mentioned, I think is a big benefit to the multi-author. It, it kind of amplifies the impact, doesn't it? Keeps you there. <laughs> yeah. No escape. Yeah, I don't. I don't have anything extra to add. It's it's the series elements that you would get in a single author series for sure. But just they're multi-author. So, <laughs> so do you feel obligated to read all the books in a multi-author series, or can you pick and choose and only read the ones that you're interested in, or the authors who maybe you prefer over some of the authors who are writing in the series? Can you do that, or? Because it's a multi-author series and it's a series, do you have to read them all? Sarah? (laughs) I think that depends on the series and my experience up to that point with that series or that author. So if I have read an an author's books and I was like, you you maybe didn't finish them or what just wasn't my favorite, then I I could see myself skipping their books in a multi-author series unless it was like, they were writing a character that I would just had to know that character's story or something and had been introduced to them previously. Or if I've been reading the series and it's, you know, round two of each author putting out their books and I didn't particularly care for this maybe author I wasn't familiar with, I might skip their next book or and go on to an author I knew I had enjoyed. Valerie? I am far more likely to read all the stories in a multi-author box set than in a multi-author series. I guess it's because it's it's on my Kindle and I've already paid for it and I don't have to make a separate decision for each one. It's that separate decision thing where I'm like, but look at all the stuff on my, on my Kindle. And I'll just say right here too, that if you've got like a 26 book, a multi-author box set and think that I'm going to snap it up because it's 99 cents. I'm like, no, I don't even almost even care who's in it. Uh, It's just like too much, too much for me. So it's not just, I'm not looking for the deal is what I'm trying to say. The the best deal, 12 cents per book or whatever. Um, (laughs) But it's, um, I evaluate each one then and decide whether or not I want to buy it and read it. And so it's just, it's a whole lot more decision-making, which is fine. I, I can make those decisions, but they're not all going to be one clicks. Yeah. They're just not. Narelle? 
Well, I'm more likely to read more of the books if a minor character, say I start at the beginning, which I don't always do with multi-author series. I do jump around. And if I start at the beginning and I read about a particular minor character who's interesting and then I see that they're in a book down the track, that will then lock that book in for me as one that I want to read. So I will jump around a bit in the series. And I do like the individual books because then I actually know what I've read. With the boxes, you can't track your reading, if that makes sense, and your percentages are all off and I like to know where I'm up to and I've got to remember to go from... In order, if you just start at the beginning. (laughs) No, that's too hard. Heresy. Heresy. Oh, that's, that's way too hard because I never do that because there's like... It's like looking in a bag of M&Ms and the chocolate one, the brown one's on top, so you have to eat that. It's like, no, I'll go looking for the green one. (laughs) I'm just not, uh, yeah, I just don't necessarily follow the rules on that. So I've got to sit there and remember percentages and I find that challenging to have to do maths while I'm reading. Um, But anyway, I do, um, if I've got a favourite author that is in I love you, Narelle. You do not think (laughs) like me, but I love you. I love you too. The world would be boring if everyone was like me. (laughs) Very, very boring. But anyway, (laughs) so if I have a favourite author who's in a multi-author series and I just adore their books, I will auto-buy. And if I find out all the books are very heavily connected, I'll be very tempted to auto-buy the whole series. But that doesn't mean I actually necessarily read them all in order. And it's because I'm auto something either. Because, yeah, so I've got like thousands of unread books. So what's a few 10 extra to add to mine? Morel does what she wants. <laughs> the, idea yeah, so, series, <laughs> the idea of reading series out of order makes me cringe. Right? Yes. No, we <laughs> No, it's just, I don't know. I'm quite happy to do it. And sometimes I just feel like reading about these characters. I don't feel like reading about those characters and my feelings are just random sometimes. So it's just, yeah. So I I will go in weird places with what books that I know are not connected with a mystery or something you have to unpack. If I know it's that all the stories relate to each other and something's unfolding, I'll be a very good girl and I'll read them in order. Okay. So Uh, this is the key (laughs) authors. Yeah, through capturing readers like Narelle is that thread of mystery going through a series. Okay, I've got it. Got it yeah. in my head now. Yeah. A thread of something. Yeah, because I do like the, I mean, the reason you read in order is to get those little nuggets. So you miss the nuggets of goodies if you don't read in order. And I know that. But then sometimes there's that other part of me that thinks, oh, it doesn't matter. But anyway, yeah. Well, it's funny because, like, with box sets, I do. I start at page one and I read to page a million and two just from start to finish. Even if, like, at page 573, I'm like, oh my word, are we not done yet? Because sometimes they get so long and I'm just dying inside. But, you know, you started it, so you have to finish it. No, Um, see, there I'll (laughs) skip to the next one if it's really one I don't want to read. But um, with multi author series, I will actually pick and choose. I, I, now I won't read them out of order, but like if I le- I'll read book one and then if I see what book two is, I might wait and skip to book three and just not read book two. Um, because usually you can like figure out if there was something important that you, you missed, you can figure it out. So um, I will skip authors who I've maybe had a bad reading experience with if I see that they're there I'm like "Mm." 
Now I will say since subscribing to Kindle Unlimited, I will try it more often now if they're in KU because it doesn't cost me anything. But if I have to shell out for it, I'm like, mm, no, I'm good. <laughs> Pass unless I get a couple recommendations and I can ask some questions um, like to see whether they did the things that disappointed me the last time. Um, but if I read two of them and I see that they're really tightly interconnected, then I probably would go back even if I didn't, because I want that interconnection is the big deal for me with multi-author series. If they're not tightly coupled, um, to use an engineering term, <laughs> then, um, yeah, <laughs> then, then I'm not, um, I'm not as committed. So, yeah. All right. So I think the time has come to discuss our favorite multi-author series is... <laughs> Series is is is. Um, Tara, you go first. Tell us your first favorite multi-author series. Okay, so this is actually the very first multi-author series I ever read as a reader before I became an author. So it's an oldie, but a goodie in my opinion. And I would say that some of the books tend towards clean with maybe light inspi. So just for context. Um, it's called River's End Ranch. So I don't know if you guys remember this series, but I think right now it has 66 books in oh it. Oh my word. Wow. <laughs> yeah. wow. So it is, it, um, it spanned several, several years. And I think a book came out every two weeks for uh, two years, probably. And I, I was How reading it as authors? they were releasing. Uh, six authors, I think. Wow. They were busy. They were very busy. They're, I mean, they're novella length. They're like 30, 30,000, but they all take place on a, um, you know, a tourism ranch in, I can't remember even what state anymore, Idaho, maybe ranch land, ranch land, uh, (laughs) with, but it was kind of set up as an old, old West town tourism. So like there was a old candy shop and a you know a ice cream saloon you know it was very very cute very interconnected lots of character crossovers lots of inside jokes throughout the series that made it really fun to read and they also spun off a second series called Quinn Valley Ranch so some of the authors Liz Isaacson Pamela Kelly Kristen Osborne oh goodness that might be the only ones I can name off the top of my head. But if you're looking for a hundred books to read in the same universe, oh my word. <laughs> Rivers End Ranch and Quinn Valley Ranch are, are the two multi-author series that really introduced me to it as a concept. Is it Quinn, Q-U-I-N-N, Quinn Valley? Mm-hmm. Okay, not twins. Well, how, how many of them have you read? I think I read probably 60 of the Rivers End Ranch oh, wow. and probably 20 or so of Quinn, you get all the gold stars, huh? Yeah, I read, I read all of those. There was a Facebook group. They would do trivia nights and, you know, do wow cover reveals and all the things. Uh, And the trademark on the covers, they all had a pair of boots on the cover. So it was, you know, landscape with some boots and they were cute. Cool. That's very cool. All right, Valerie, what's your first one? Well, I guess I have to give a nod to Arcadia Valley Romances, which uh, Elizabeth and I both wrote for. Um, it was six authors and for um, 
a year and a half or so, I guess we yeah. published uh, a book a month. So this is a, a few years ago now, 2017, 18, I think. Yeah. Um, so we, we each did an introductory novella that we bundled. And then, uh, so we had the multi-author box set as well as the multi-author series. So they were all set on the in the same town and had some overlapping characters and so forth. And then the, the thing that I thought was particularly cool was that we each came away with a novella and three novels at the end of it um, that formed like a little series for each author. So I thought that um, was... we enjoyed those. I enjoyed the foodie yeah. elements of it. The um, and yeah, not, and I I liked the characters. Fun. I, I really enjoyed how there were kind of mini series within that big series where, yeah. you know, the, the bakery, Baxter Bakery and yeah. uh, the just the different kind of sub series, because I didn't read the series in order, but I have read several of the right the, the yeah. mini series within Arcadia Valley since then. It was good. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a fun concept that way for sure. It was it was it was not. I think as tightly coupled as either Valerie and I hoped it would be, um, fair warning, because <laughs> our series do stand alone. Like you can read my Baxter Family Bakery or Valerie's Garden Grown Romance and, and not read any of the others and, and you'll be fine um, by and large. Um, ours, the two of ours are slightly closer knit because as we got to the end, we were like, okay, I want to borrow. Because borrow we worked on it. Yeah, we worked on it. We, we worked hard. I wanted to borrow. I borrowed Kenya from Valerie so that Jonah could break her heart and set her up for a harder time in her book. <laughs> Poor Kenya. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I like walking away with the series as well when it was all said and done. Yeah. Yep. Narelle? Well, of course you just stole my top of the list <laughs> and, for, and for the reasons you mentioned and so that's one of the reasons Arcadia Valley was at the top of my list was because they had because it was like the little series within a series when you because I'm a rereader the thought of rereading 50 books or whatever is just you just can't do that if you're a rereader but because of the way that they were the series sort of went across like this but you had all these little series sort of going down from one two three I can pick Valerie's books or I can pick Elizabeth's books or Lee's books or whatever and just read through their little part of it and go back to Arcadia Valley and have fun rereading so cool. I, I really love that concept of how they all sit together but anyway so I will jump to another series I'll talk about a Tuscan legacy because this is a series I did read in order this is a series that you can't really read out of order because there's a mystery reveal that relates to a grandmother so I won't talk too much about the Rossi family but this was connected with grandchildren um, Elizabeth and I both wrote a book in that series as well and it was international so having a series that's not just locked into one location but where you traveled I think you went to Europe, Wales, England, the US, it was based in Italy and also Australia so that was really good for me who likes her international stories to be able to go traveling around the world with these characters so that was super fun so that was the first one I would talk about mm -hmm. which I will reread in order I won't reread it out of order that which one will keep does... everybody happy. <laughs> how many how many books are in that? series uh, ten? seven or eight ten there's ten, ten. yeah it yeah, got away because... on me I guess 
No, well, there was originally nine and then readers wanted to have Nonna in her 80s, have her own romance. So the readers won and Autumn MacArthur wrote book 10. And it was it was actually all released individually. It was weekly rapid release for most of the books. So all the avid readers that devour a novella in a week were just in heaven with that series, ticked the box there. And then it was about a year after it released, I think we boxed it for about nine months or so and we, maybe 12 months that one yeah. the box was when autumn released book 10 so yeah. it was sort of a a newbie to the box um yeah yeah for when the box and now it's out individually as well but uh, yeah. for a while it was exclusive to the box yeah, yeah. and in the first book in yeah yeah, because the first book is actually a novel length. It wasn't meant to be a novel length, but Marion, there was just too much series set up that needed to happen. And then to add a romance into that, there was no way she could get that under 40,000. I think the first yeah. one comes in at 50 or roundabouts. Yeah. It's not massively longer, but it is definitely no. longer. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. So my first one, um, I'm going to... I'm going to just go ahead and mention Freedom Ridge since we've got Tara with us. Um, Freedom Ridge, I have talked about incessantly anytime I can pretty much um, on the podcast. Uh, it, it is going into season three starting in late September, early October. Yeah, October. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of fun. I like the multi-author series that come back around for um, for. I like the seasons, the way that you've done it. It's not a year round thing. They're all Christmas in Freedom, Colorado. Um, and uh, I just love that each of the books stand alone really pretty well. Um, so you can pick and choose if you want to, but they Maybe. all do have, um, the, the town of Freedom is really a well-developed character. And so you do see the recurring places and people um, within the town. And season two took sort of a romantic suspense twist <laughs> in, in a lot of the books, which was kind of fun. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited to see what season three holds uh, coming up this, this fall. I don't tend to read a ton of Christmas books. We've talked about that before, but these are ones that I always make room for um, because they are really well intertwined um, and still standalone and they all deliver a really nice solid story, which I like with, with a good solid faith element to them too, which I appreciate. I've read a few of those, um, not the whole series by any stretch, <laughs> not the whole series is, is. Um, but I, I don't know if you've heard of that Tara Grace yeah, yeah, Erickson, I think yeah. that, I think that's her. Yeah, I've read hers. They were pretty good. <laughs> well, my last book I've just read, I just reread, I just read, not reread. I read Believing the Hero by Tara Grace Erickson because I was so excited that it's a finalist in the ACFW Carol Award yeah. in the novella category. So, and that's like, oh, I need to go read that book now. It's there. It just wasn't at the top of my, it was, it was probably in my top hundred, maybe out of my, <laughs> I'll take it. my books, my book, yeah, my, <laughs> and I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And um, that's the secret agent one, yeah. but it's romantic suspense, but it's not 
it's still, I don't know, it's still CCR with romantic, with romantic suspense elements, not necessarily the whole story being romantic. No, suspense, it's, if that they're, they're not full up suspense. Yeah. They just, they took a little, they got a little suspensey, which was yeah. fun. I mean, I and this one is mature age characters as well, which I think is always fun too. So if you, so go read Believing the Hero, if you're happy like me to jump out of order. <laughs> And you can always read book nine. So you can read the other eight first. <laughs> yeah. Or you can just jump to book nine. And I think because I had read it's your series kit. one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and because I'd read the series one book, I was fine because I knew who the characters were, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I would say if you're going to read Believing the Hero, read the um, one before it, which the title is gone completely out of my head because I did not write it down. Which one was the one you wrote in the first? My, my first one yes. was Rest. Uh, Forgiven by the hero. Forgiven by the hero. That's it. (laughs) We're going to run out of titles before we run out of ideas for books. Very cool. So read Forgiven by the, yeah, read that one first. I would read these two in order because I think you'll enjoy the second one if you've read the first one. Yes. Yep. I'll enjoy the second one more, I should say. Thank you for those kind words. It was, uh, it's been a very series to dream up and get in, get moving and, it's a lot of work to intertwine that many books and work with yeah. that many authors, but I do think that the end result is is worth it for us and for the readers. Yeah. All right. What's your next one, Tara? We can each do one more. Well, uh, Arcadia Valley was on my list, so okay. I'll have to skip that one. And we'll talk about the controversial one, which would be books joined by a trope, oh. the Blushing Bride series, mm-hmm. which has... Lorena Hoops, Evangeline Kelly, Mandy Blake has one in that series. And they are, they're all branded very nicely. And the, but the only real connection between the books is that they have a bride in them (laughs) and a beautiful woman on a, in a wedding dress on the cover. But uh, I have really enjoyed several of the books in that series. And they are more like standalones, but they're marketed as a series. I've read Mandy's. I haven't, and and I mean, I read Mandy's, and it stands alone, and it's fabulous. And I have have not read any of the others because I didn't feel like I needed to. So, yeah, yeah, um, they're on my list to get to at some point because the covers are lovely. But yeah, there's another one. There's a lawfully something that's like that, where there's yeah. it's just all Western and they're lawfully something, but I don't know what even ties them together there. Well, and that one's interesting because I think there's both historical and contemporary books within that series. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> All right, Valerie, what you got? You got another one? Um, sure. Let's go with another kind of oldie, um, Treasure Harbor. Ooh, okay. Was, I think, it came out in a similar time frame to the Tuscan Legacy. You haven't seen that one, Tara? I have it not was, seen that one. Um, it's a good one. Seven book series. Um, Belle Calhoun was in it. Um, Leah Atwood was in it. Um, Kristen Etheridge, I think. A few others. I didn't write down every author. <clears throat> um, and it's, I think, set up a little similarly to the Tuscan Legacy one in that it's there's one book per author, although I think Bell does two, that um, that follow a specific thread through the story and then and then it's done. Um, so there is 
the, a, a hunt to find the treasure of a 17th century pirate in South Carolina. So each novella is one couple story, but there's um, both the, the shared setting and then this the treasure that uh, tie them together. Um, this is one where I did not read all the stories and until they boxed them up in one multi-author box set. And I was like, oh, I guess I can read them now. Um, because before that, I'd read a couple of the ones that, uh, of the authors that appealed to me more than the others. Sorry about that, people, but it's true, right? I mean, the TBR is never ending. So, um, and I did enjoy seeing the, the clues play out over time, but I had kind of figured out what had happened in the ones that I'd missed as well. So I didn't feel like I'd missed too much, but on the other hand, it was nice putting the pieces together. Sounds fun. Well, I'll just do a quick mention of Chapel Cove and um, that's set on the Oregon coast. And I love this series because um, I've been to the Oregon coast. I'm also writing a book in this series, which I've had writer's block on, but that's, I think, related <laughs> to other things. Um, losing Marion, I think, really, yeah, made it harder to write in this story world, but I will get over that. I'm working on other projects and I'll get my writing muscles up so I can get back into that book from a positive place. If anyone's had writer's block, they only the listeners or authors, you'll know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you can get that on projects. But anyway, I do love the Chapel Cove setting. And the first three books, which were written by Mary Newcomen, Autumn MacArthur and Alexa Verde, were three friends who go back and meet in Chapel Cove for their 40th birthday. So it's sort of a 40s and over is where the series started. But it's just such a fun setting. And I think Seaside in Oregon is just gorgeous. And for me, it's that setting and that small town vibe and the whole, I mean, I don't live in a small town, so I love going to those places as a reader as well. And I think small towns really are bread and butter for um, contemporary Christian romance as well and are very popular. So Chapel Cove and- I tuck it on the ocean and you're you're winning yeah and i've read i've read this in order you will be so proud of me i had to mention the series i've read <laughs> in order yeah so i've read this one in order and i love these books and um i will reread as well in this particular I've read series. several of them <clears throat> not <Yeah>. in order <laughs> again picking and choosing as uh, yep as authors and tropes and whatever um sound appealing at the moment yeah, I think the psychology of whether we read or don't read in order is really interesting. I think maybe it relates to how invested we are with the actual whatever the series connector is as well. The more invested I am in the series, the more likely I am to, to read in order and to not jump around. And you're invested because you're going to write one of the books. I am writing one of the books. <laughs> yes, yeah. Actually, I'm planning three. <laughs> I need to get this written. <laughs> All right, so my one, last one, because we're we're getting over a little bit, but that's okay, um, is the Resort to Romance series. It's again an older one. Um, oh, right. And this yes. was 10, 10 novellas, 10 different authors uh, around a matchmaking service on an island in the Bahamas. So, and it's all blind dates, like the, you paid to go to this island and they decided who you would match with. And so, um, so it's kind of fun to see each person arriving and at the first, like I love when, uh, especially with this type of series, there's an event um, 
that all of the people in in the books go to. So in this case, they all go to the first mixer. And so you get that first mixer scene from all the different perspectives in the different books um, as they're meeting their individual. And so like if if a tray got knocked over and a glass shattered, you know, that's mentioned in like five or six of the books because they were all there at the same time kind of thing, even though there was just the one where the girl tripped and ran into the waiter or whatever. Um, and so I enjoyed this a lot. They also have the matchmaking. I feel like they were grannies, like two grannies who were doing the matchmaking. That sounds um, right. And so, you know, they're consistent again through all the things. And then the date options at the resort are all, so again, you know, you see several couples are on the cooking date and several go to swim with the pigs in the ocean. I remember that because like who swims with pigs, but apparently that's a thing in the Bahamas. So I don't know. Apparently it is. Yeah. Apparently it is. Um, like, I don't want to swim with a pig, but you know, you do you. So, uh, but so you see the couples interacting, not just within their couples, but with other people who are there, which is kind of fun. Um, oh, and kudos, uh, kudos to those authors for running, was it 10 books on, yes. 10, on the same timeline? Because yeah. Um, and wow. so that's like Krista Phillips did one, Jessica Patch did one. Um, those yeah, are the names right. that are leaping to mind mm. right now. I did not write down all the authors, but those are the two that I read. Like, those are probably the two where I was like, well, if they're both there, I want to read this because they're both very funny. Um, so uh, it's it's a fun series. It's still there, I believe, in Kindle Unlimited. So, um, and it's fun. They all have sort of pink and purple and orange islandy looking covers. You can them yeah, the, the branding yeah. is very yeah. strong on those yeah. yeah and they're rom-coms aren't they all rom-coms all I, the books i don't think they're technically rom-coms but they are all amusing um i don't like this was older again i want to say 2016 2017 maybe 2015 i don't know so i don't know that um like rom-coms were for movies but they weren't as big a thing for books like we didn't call them wrong usually they just said they were funny so I don't think they're branded as rom-coms but they are funny because Krista can't not be funny because Krista can't not be yeah funny. and I think yeah. again when Jessica's not writing suspense she can't not be funny either um yeah or definitely amusing yeah yeah um all right we probably should stop because we're we're long <laughs> but um that's okay because we're talking about multiple books at a time here so you know too bad we went long everyone's everyone's tbr just got a lot longer yes exactly by about a hundred yeah <laughs> well i don't know a hundred by the time tara was done with her first her first recommendation so, so 200, 200. <laughs> oops uh people Right. Yeah. Thank you for joining us, Tara. Remind everyone where they can find you in your books. Absolutely. You can find me on my website, taragraceerickson.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Tara Erickson author. Excellent. All right. And um, if you have a multi-author series that we missed, or if you want to chime in on the how you need to read them debate, uh, whether Norelle is wrong and the rest of us are right. Um, <laughs> I'm happy she'd be wrong. I really don't care. 
<laughs> I will maybe, do me. <laughs> maybe the rest of us are wrong. It could be. It could be. Or maybe there's no wrong when it comes to reading, right? Just long as just read. Yeah. So, but uh, we'd love to hear from you in the comments on YouTube. We do have a Facebook page if you want to comment there. Nobody ever does. But in case you should decide you want to, you can. We'll we'll be there too. So um if you are watching on YouTube, please don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell so you never miss an episode. And we will look forward to seeing you again next week. And in the meantime, don't forget to fall in love with a good book. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>